listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Yes, we welcome you in to another episode of the Full 10 Yards Podcast. It is Tuesday, the 30th of October, almost into November. Crikey, this year has gone quick. Week 8 is, of course, in the books, and the trade deadline is obviously today as well, and a lot of, a lot of, lot of trades to to go through. Of course, we are joined by Lee Wakefield. Uh, Hello, happening, everyone? Yeah, um, yeah quite, a lot, quite a lot happening in the NFL the last couple of days. Yeah, loads, loads. I really love trade, trade deadline day. It's uh, it's sort of like it's been really interesting. It is a lot of the time. It often doesn't disappoint, which is good. Mm. Uh, yeah, a lot of interesting trades that we'll also talk about soon. Yeah, absolutely. Jim White. Uh, we, we should we should get Jim White on the show to to be our um, deadline day tr- correspondent. But um, yeah, he'd, he'd be having a heart attack if he was doing doing the NFL. Uh, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Jim White. No, no. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll get we get to the trade shortly. Uh, obviously, um, other bits of news as well, especially over in Cleveland. Uh, but before we do that, obviously, just let you know. Obviously, uh, today, uh, today or tomorrow is the last uh, day you can enter our free NFL jersey competition. We have to do head over to our Twitter page at Full Ten Yards and follow the instructions there on the pinned tweet. Um, quite a lot of, uh, quite I think we've had over two hundred entries. I think for this, so not bad at all. We have to think of something for November. So keep your eyes and ears peeled if you don't manage to win the NFL jersey competition for October. Uh, but I suppose let's uh, let's get into it, Lee. Um, let's let's start off in Cleveland. Hugh Jackson on, and Todd Haley have been fired uh, as head coach and offensive coordinator. Um, which I, I was quite surprised that Todd Haley went as well. I, I think there's just sort of like been a bit of infighting uh, between them both, and maybe there was a, a factor that Todd Haley was undermining Hugh Jackson a little bit to mm. sort of make him run the head coaching job himself, yeah. and ended up shooting himself in the foot with that. Um, obviously. It's about, about on someone's character to try and undermine the boss, you know, with eyes on sort of his seat and his job. But maybe, you know, the Haslam's, the Brown owners, and John Dorsey saw that and just thought, you know what, I can't have two people warring. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the last result for Hugh Jackson in Cleveland was a tie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, he doesn't. Hugh Jackson doesn't leave the, the Cleveland Browns with a, a stellar record, does he? Or was it 336 and 1 or something stupid like that? Um, yeah, I mean it's it's way it's way too late in the day. He should, he should have gone ages ago. Yeah, um, I've seen a bit of a conspiracy theory that he was only kept around so that they could get the exposure on hard knocks as well. Because obviously, you're not allowed to go onto that show with a, a, a new head coach. Uh, so yeah, another no, no one for the conspiracy theories there. But yeah, he should have gone ages ago. His coaching record is the second worst in the NFL, so uh, all time. So it speaks for itself, really, doesn't it? Wait, you're, you're telling me there's someone worse than Hugh Jackson? Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure who that is. I didn't actually look at all. I just took it as red. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think he's like 417 out of 418 head coaches ever in the NFL, something like that. Oh, wowzers. I, I, I would have put my bottom dollar on him being the worst. worst, I don't know, but enlighten us. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, yeah. So uh, obviously, I don't know uh, who they. They've got an interim uh, head coach there, and it's Greg Williams as well. He's taken over for a little bit, isn't he? I think. But then, yeah, we'll change uh, obviously there in in Cleveland. But so be uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled for that one. Uh, so this moved obviously trade deadline today. Then Lee, um, Demarius Thomas. We we'll start off with him. Uh, he's gone to the Texans for a fourth rounder, and then the two teams um, have exchanged seventh round picks, which is quite interesting actually. This trade because obviously the Denver Broncos play the Texans on Sunday. Yeah, it's a quick turnaround, isn't it, for Thomas? Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's quite an interesting one. Obviously. It's sort of the Broncos who, if we walk back to the post-season, no, sorry, the preseason, and we look back to the the draft, they obviously drafted um, Deshaun Hamilton and Colton Sutton, mm. and they're looking at Emmanuel Sanders and, and uh, Demarius Thomas and thinking, well, they're the replacements for those two players. And Colton Sutton's been playing well, and I'll speak about him when I talk about Denver versus Kansas City. But um, you know, that's obviously been something that they've seen enough of and they can think they, they can trade Demarius Thomas away. Yeah. And for Houston, it's obviously another weapon for Deshaun Watson, mm. which is obviously exciting for them now that Will Fuller has gone down, even though they're not really the same type of receiver. No. No, yeah, it was an interesting one. I think obviously Demarius Thomas knew that the his right was on the wall. He said it last week that he expects to be traded and uh, obviously that came to fruition. Uh, the other one, Golden Tate to the Eagles for a third rounder. Um 
a couple of people have liked this one. A couple of I'm not I'm not overly sold myself. I just think Golden Tate they've had they have Nelson Aguilar there. They've got Jordan Matthews obviously played played well on on Sunday against the Jags and Zach Ertz obviously covers a lot of the middle as well. I know Golden Tate can move about and is pretty much a guy that gets a lot of yardage after the catch, but this one surprised me a little bit. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's it's sort of Philadelphia going all in again, isn't it? To try and sort of get back to the Super Bowl and defend their title. Obviously, they've had a bit of a stuttering start, and it's just another weapon. But like you say, it's kind of odd because they're all slot receivers that they've got there, apart from Marshall and Jeffrey. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. Uh, it's put quite a steep price for what could be a six-month or uh, half-season rental yeah. as well. Contacts in the last. Uh, last few months of his deal. It's a good deal for Detroit, obviously, because it would be a higher pick and they would get through the compensatory uh, pick system if they lost him as a free agent. So it could be a good trade all around, to be honest, uh, but kind of interesting for the Eagles side to see how they use him and what sort of production they get out of him. Yeah, and obviously, uh, fantasy owners won't be too happy. Obviously, Golden Tate now has his second bye uh, of the season. Obviously, the, the Eagles having the game there on, in, in London uh, on a bye for week nine. So, not happy there if you are a fantasy owner of Golden Tate. The other one on offence, Ty Montgomery's <laughs> Uh, to the Ravens for a 2027th rounder, which makes you think, uh, Lee, that the Green Bay Packers don't want Ty Montgomery on their team. Yeah, obviously, obviously in the game on Sunday, he sort of made that pivotal fumble, didn't he, towards the end of the game. Um, and then there was a bit of uh, you know, a, a spat on the sideline, a bit of an infighting, possibly in the dressing room afterwards. Uh, there was a bit of criticism coming out from an unnamed Packer. And uh, yeah, they've shipped him out uh, pretty much as quick as they could do. Mm. Uh, and not for a lot as well. So it doesn't really surprise me with his performance on Sunday. And they've traded him like essentially nothing. Mm. Yeah, weird, 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 weird. 20, 2027 20, round. Like you might as well just give him a piece of paper or a cigarette or something for him. But um, yeah. Yeah, but obviously on the sideline, he was a bit miffed at being taken out of a series. I think the drive before and threw a hissy fit, and then obviously you know reports are that he you know refused to take a knee when he when he received the punt. He he come out saying that he made a split decision. He could return the ball. So yeah, that's that. And obviously Ty Montgomery now uh, Baltimore Ravens. So yeah, not not the uh, not the biggest of prices to pay there for him. But on the on the uh, defensive side, just a couple of players I want to mention. Obviously, staying in Green Bay, Ha Ha Clinton Dix has gone to the Redskins, in which was a bit of a shocking move, really, uh, considering how well he's played. And then Dante Fowler uh, joins is, is another star to join that uh, constellation over in the Rams defense. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Dante Fowler one obviously just adds to their prowess on defense. Defense obviously hasn't played as well as it should do really with all those star names but definitely um gives them another presence off the edge uh the linebacking core for the rams is an area that could be strengthened and Fowler definitely does that should fit quite nicely there yeah absolutely again you know it's not as if the rams needed any more bolstering on on defense but there we are i'm a bit surprised the chiefs uh obviously the those those two guys there the chiefs didn't maybe get involved yeah, because the Kansas City Chiefs definitely have needed a safety. Uh, Eric Berry's been missing for quite a, a lot of the season. Uh, I believe he may even still be out injured without having the information to hand. Uh, but yeah, the Redskins have jumped in there. Um, and that's just a bit of an odd one for Green Bay as well. Because he's playing on his fifth year option. Just It must be the sort of thing where they were never going to bring him back. So might as well get something for him. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully, you know, for his sake, they'll go into the pastures new and he'll be able to put it all together in uh, in Washington. Yeah, yeah. So we go. Any more? Any more trades that happen uh, during the podcast? We'll we'll shout them out. I'll just have a quick refresh now, just to see if anything's going on. But uh, yeah, on today's podcast, we're just going to go. Going to be recapping all the week eight games, obviously starting in London, um, and then we will on the Thursday's podcast we'll have uh, Scott McKay join us. To obviously he's our new fantasy writer for this uh, for going from this point forward. Uh, is there any more trades? There's a, there's a couple of sort of, not trades, but sort of in and outs that I want to bring up. Okay, not. yeah. Yeah, crack on. Um, Brandon Marshall's been caught by Seattle. Yeah. Uh, which obviously we'll probably come on to, we touch on waivers a little bit later on, but that could have uh, some good news for some Seattle receivers. And, and Terrell Pryor's going to sign with the Bills. Yeah. Which I've just seen, uh, has been announced a short time ago as well. And so they given a another a sort of boost to the Bills pass catching um, and, the, and and the quarterback, and the quarterback. Yeah, he should give him you know, <laughs> a, a lot more versatile weapon. 
And yeah, maybe they can throw him in there in place of Derek Anderson, who I don't believe is going to play, so it might be Nate Peterman yeah, uh, on Sunday. Yeah, it remains to be seen. It remains to be seen, obviously, how that one plays out. But Terrell Pryor, obviously, a journeyman now, I suppose you can call him around the NFL. Uh, been with uh, a multitude of teams. Is it, is it? Was that it? Should we move on to week eight? Yeah. Two that I just wanted to throw out there. Yeah. Um, just as extra bits of news. Yep, yeah, no, that's fine. Okay, so let's start. Let's go week eight then. So let's start off obviously in London. Uh, I made the trip down to Wembley, and it was an in- it was an interesting game in the sense that, my God, it was a pro Eagles a pro Eagles crowd, and it was one of the loudest crowds I've I've ever experienced in an international series game, and I've been to quite a few. Um, but yeah, the the swarms of Eagles fans. I got abused by a couple of them. Uh, a couple of stories to to tell you about those. Um, yeah, so I went towards uh, in, into the tailgate and loads of uh, mates and were, were lined up on the side just just by the side of it. So obviously clocked me in my cat. There were there were barely any Cowboys fans there at all. So I don't know whether that's because they were scared or, but yeah, I was loud loud and proud. Wore my Romo throwback jersey and uh, yeah, walked past them and then just as all of a sudden just got the chance of Cowboys suck, Cowboys suck, and then. Uh, <laughs> So that was quite interesting walking next to next to my wife. Uh, don't know what she thought of that, but uh, yeah. And then uh, halfway through the game, went out and got a drink, and I stood in the hallway for a little while. And this Philadelphia Eagles fan come just walks past me, just looks at me as if I'm almost as if I'm naked or something, and then just go and then just shouts boo. <laughs> literally literally no other words so yeah the Philadelphia Eagles um, showing their class there the fans but there we go all in all in all in good favour wasn't there it wasn't anything to, uh, wasn't any untoward but um, yeah back to the game obviously Jags come out of the, gu- the gates hard uh, with the inception and fumble on the first two um, you know, offensive drives for Philadelphia obviously you had the uh, story there on, on the Friday that the defensive players there a couple of defensive players getting arrested over a bill and misunderstanding that kind of jazz but the yeah, Jacks defence actually played okay in this game um, but what it, what it really come down to this one was that Philadelphia battle on third downs converting 58% and just just stepping it up obviously when they needed to and that, that Dallas got our uh, a touchdown just before the uh, the halftime. Kind of the uh, the writing was on the wall there for for Jacksonville, but that that offense is just putrid. Um, but whoever whoever was going to come out of this game this game with the win obviously was big divisional wise. Uh, Philadelphia obviously coming out with it to twenty four to eighteen, but keeping tabs on Washington. A um, couple of bits on here. Obviously, Wentz is now three and zero in versus top five defenses, having seven touchdowns and one interception. Uh, Bortles ran in this game for 43 yards where the rest of the team uh, ran for 27 obviously Carlos Hyde threw a dud in his first game and probably last game for Jacksonville obviously Fournette uh, slated to return after the bye um, yeah I mean I, I, I didn't really enjoy the game if I'm too honest didn't, you know, it, it was okay but um, it was quite interesting just to see the crowd there obviously being a really pro Eagles fan did you watch the game at all? yeah I did I watched, uh, watched most of it I missed the start but yeah I watched a good, good portion of it um, yeah, let's just hope, uh, like you say, the, the Jags offense just isn't doing anything at the moment. Let's hope that they get a big boost. Obviously, just today, doing absolutely, they're going to come back uh, four games at Wembley, and then one obviously be one of the Jags home games again. So hopefully, we're treated to something a bit more entertaining uh, next year, maybe at Tottenham or, or Wembley. Yeah, obviously, the news obviously coming out today as well that the uh, London will be hosting four games next. Uh... Next year, obviously, two at Wembley, two at Tottenham. So, you know, likelihood is it's going to be Fort Wembley. So, uh, we uh, we shall see. We shall wait and see which teams obviously come over. Uh, I think I, I saw rumours about that Atlanta uh, were quite hotly tipped to, to be coming over next year. So, only Falcons fans out there. Um, you can don't don't quote me on that, but I just saw some things flitting around there um, about them coming over next year. But yeah, four games for London next year. Lee, who who have you got first up for your reviews? I haven't got my, my list in front of you, so you just have to shout out what shout what you're doing. <laughs> uh, I've got uh, Denver, Kansas City. Okay. Oh yeah, the so, uh, the full, um, the full the, ten yards bowl. Yes, <laughs> yes, and uh, yeah, we can sort of put that to bed now, can't we? Uh, so get tweeting as him for a forfeit for Tim, who backed Denver at the start of the season to finish above uh, Kansas City. Uh, answers solid bet. Uh, you know, let's uh, let's keep it silly. Let's not keep it too serious or embarrassing. Let's keep it <laughs> silly. Um, but yeah, let's move on to the game. So if you look at the scoreboard, you you think that uh, Broncos kept this one pretty close, but in reality, I think uh, once Kansas City overcame that early Emmanuel Sanders touchdown, it was pretty plain sailing. Uh, you know, I got my hopes up uh, watching at home, uh, thinking that they were going to go on. It's going to be a bit of an upset, but it wasn't to be. Uh, watching the game back, 
Uh, again, I just saw that every time Mahomes sort of dropped back to pass, it just seemed like the middle of the field was wide open. Mm. And those like trademark sort of crossing routes that the Cannons like to run now with Hill and Watkins were just open every single time. They obviously with, with their speed over the middle, they're just destroying angles for defenders and just uh, you know making light work of the Denver linebackers and uh, cornerbacks who are trying to track them. Mm. And obviously, when you throw in the dominant tight end like Travis Kelsey and uh, and um, sorry Kareem Hunt who's just heard in defence every week now. It's quite a big recipe for success. Yeah. As the offence just keeps rolling, the juggernaut keeps going. Uh, it's a pretty good thing to do, actually, because their defence can be got at. Obviously, Denver scored 20 points on them, and a few big big players were made. And I mentioned him before, but Cortland Sutton made a couple of really good catches. And that, like I said before, that trade just shows um, sort of what they think of him. Mm. Uh, but one of the highlights for, for me, obviously, this, like I said, I thought that the Kansas were going to win uh, from quite early. One of the, the uh, highlights for me from this game is um, Kevin Harlan was the announcer, and he's probably my favourite announcer um, from over in America. And he just came out with this brilliant line from Tyreek Hill saying that he's as fast as a hiccup. Oh, yeah, uh, I heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was really good. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Uh, really good announcer, so I like to watch any sort of game. If he's on, it's a big bonus for me. Did you, did you hear that one on Monday Night Football last night about uh, Kevin Benjamin? No, I didn't hear that. What was that? Oh, it was, it was something about... Um, let me just uh, let me let me just go and find the find the quote. Hang on. Yeah, it's uh, Booger McFarland come out with Kelvin Kelvin, <laughs> Kelvin Benjamin is a Popeyes biscuit away from being a tight end. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's, that's really good. That's, that's, one. That's, it's, that's, it's really good how they come out with these lines. There's some really creative announcers out there. Yeah. Definitely adds a lot to the game. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got uh, on the on the uh, on that on that note. Uh, Jason Witten seems to be not getting that that many rave reviews as a as a guy in the box. No, he doesn't. Um, I've not watched too many games when he's been on personally, but yeah, I've seen a lot of sort of poor reviews. Maybe that's because everyone expected him to sort of be Romo, and yeah. Romo's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, with sort of play to play and dissecting of the play, mm. especially with the quarterbacks and sort of the offense. And maybe they were expecting Witten to be like that, and it's just not. So maybe it's a bit of that, a bit of just juxtaposition in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. And talking of not all that, the New York Giants went down at home 20-13 to against the Washington Redskins. And this game was all pretty much all about Adrian Peterson. 64-yard uh, touchdown. His legs towards the end of that run, my God, he, he struggled. He, I, I'm surprised both his hamstrings didn't pop too quite on this. But um, yeah, what a game for Adrian Peterson. 26 carries, 149 yards and one touchdown on the ground, uh, adding to a, a seven-yard reception also for a touchdown. But also passes uh, Tony Dorsett, ninth all-time for rushing yards. And also, here's a stat for you, oldest player in the Super Bowl era for 100 rushing yards, uh, one reception and one, one rush touchdown as well. So yeah, that's quite interesting. Stat there, I thought that would uh, obviously uh, Adrian Peterson is uh, getting on getting on uh, father time, but obviously he's still defeating father time at the moment. Uh, yeah, again similar to your one, Lee Denver at Kansas. The, this one wasn't really close, and uh, you know New York Giants scored on their last drive with a couple of seconds uh, left on the clock, making it a seven point game. But yeah, really, really, really wasn't close. Washington seven sacks, two interceptions there. Um, but yeah, Giants and Washington, two teams going in two different directions. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, really, really big props to Peterson. Obviously, we spoke when the Skins were playing Dallas the other week, and I was sort of feeling it as a sort of Zeke versus Peterson sort of matchup. And obviously, he came out on top there, and obviously now this is Barkley versus Peterson sort of in that running matchup as well. And obviously, Peterson's come out on top again. Mm. But yeah, as you say, like definitely defeating Father Time at the minute. I don't know how much longer he can sort of keep that up, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, it's good to see the old man still doing it. Yeah. Okay, next up for you, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. That's right. Uh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, another one um, that was sort of closer that then got out of hand. Uh, it's got closer for much longer. I expected Cleveland to keep this one quite close all the way, but it's sort of like they just got out of hand late on. Um, that actually went up um, up to 6-0, to zero actually, with Ben throwing a pick in the first quarter. Yeah. But they just weren't finishing drives. Um, and that sort of left the door ajar for Pittsburgh and a great start actually during the broadcast that Pittsburgh have uh, got a huge like points differential plus in the second quarter and they came out in the second quarter and just added to that and added 14 points to go in to the halftime break 14-6 up and Mike Tomlin just really went for it with, with seconds to go went for another touchdown instead of kicking a goal and I just love that aggression obviously let's talk about playing to win uh, not playing to lose quite often and yeah I love that Mike Tomlin did that but then the Browns found the way back and the third quarter was pretty wild and um, Steve Ridley fumbled 
Uh, and then Cleveland recovering, you're thinking that they're going to get back into it, obviously, with you know, only eight points in it uh, just after half time, so there's plenty of time left. Uh, but nothing came of it, unfortunately, and Pittsburgh forced the safety. And then this really weird uh, free kick restart that the, the Steelers just let go. Yeah. Let go of the heads and then they recovered it and Antonio Callaway scored. So it was 16-13. And again, you're just thinking game on. Uh, but then James Conner just came in. James Conner just took over, scoring touchdown third and the fourth. And then he obviously finished uh, with huge numbers, really, on the end of the day. 146 rushing yards, two touchdowns, and 6 6 through the air. Those are Le'Veon Bell numbers. Yeah. And he sort of... He's sort of making it a very easy decision for the Pittsburgh Steelers at the end of the season just to wave Le'Veon into the sunset and just carry on with James Conner, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, totally agree there with everything you said. Staying in FC North, Tampa Bay at Cincinnati. Cincinnati just taking this one here. This one got, yeah, Cincinnati had some big leads in this game 21 0, uh, 27 6, and, and God knows whatever. But Jameis Winston doing what he does best, throwing pick after pick. Uh, he was 18 35, uh, 276 yards, one touchdown, four interceptions. But Fitzmagic obviously comes back on. He fumbles on the first play, or, you know, he's a botched, he falls on the ball. Um, but still managed to 11 of 15, 194 yards, and two touchdowns. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this game had 576 total yards. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Um, you know, they, they, they nearly came back. Obviously, they got it level, uh, gave Andy Dalton and, and AJ Green uh, a tiny bit of time left on the clock for a Randy Bullock field goal. Kind of just had too much to do, and you know the damage was done there with Jameis Winston. Um, yeah, I mean, Peyton Barber still has that backfield there in Tampa Bay. He had 19 rushes for 85 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Boyd continuing his great season, uh, and Mike Evans also having a big game in this game. Uh, pretty much everyone in this game, apart from Jameis Winston, had some fancy points to t- to, uh, to take home. But you, it seems like you can't kill Ryan Fitzpatrick um, Lee. But the other, you know, the other side of that is Jameis Winston done in in Tampa. Uh, yeah, potentially. Uh, I'll come on to him later when we do stinks and slunkers, but uh, uh, yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but I pretty much did. Uh, but yeah, I think his career is just on the line now, um, moving forward. Obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick won his job back, mm. and he's going to play on Sunday. Yeah, uh, so yeah he's gonna, it's a long way back, really, for Jameis, because obviously it's going to take another sort of dip from Fitzpatrick or you know, a, a positive diagnosis in the off-season for Tampa Bay. Mm. Probably just that, Dirk, Dirk Koyter. Uh, Dirk Cutter, however you pronounce his name. <laughs> um, and then if obviously they get someone who believes in James, then good for him. But if they don't, then it could be curtains. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Obviously, I think the general manager there is the guy that drafted Jameis. Let's not forget the number one overall pick. Um, so it'd be just quite interesting, obviously, the Glazers there, the owners as well. It'd be interesting just to see the whole dynamic, whether or not they blow it all up or, you know, the general manager, you know, if he benches Jameis Winston or, or cuts ties with him, that's essentially him saying that, you know, I, I goofed it up and, you know, fire me, basically. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that one that one plays out there. I think it's more, do you know what, I think it's more about Jameis' development rather than the pick itself. Jameis was a good quarterback at FSU. And he's just never developed. I think we mentioned it on the last podcast. He's still making the same mistakes that he did at FSU, and he's just not progressed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's more on the coaching rather than Jason Light, to be honest. Okay, uh, let's move on then. Seattle at Detroit. Yeah, that's it. So, obviously, I think we both picked Detroit for this one. Uh, but then I saw that they were missing uh, Ziggy Anson and Kerry Hyder. Uh, they're two pass rushers to one of their two, well, their main player really an answer on defence and then Hyder another useful pass rusher I thought that just swung the balance back in Seattle's favour quite mightily and then another thing that swung it back in their favour is that Russell Wilson was just absolutely on fire in this one um, it, they just victimised uh, T's table and David Moore was the one taking advantage of him most of the time uh, the young corner from Florida table hasn't had a great start to his career and his troubles just seem to continue in, looking like a bit of a bust uh, at this point uh, yes, yeah, I'll just have their way. Um, obviously, another thing that's um, dogged them over the last few years is their offensive line play, and that seems to have really stepped up in the last few weeks. Obviously, that'd be really welcome for the Seahawks and Russell Wilson, especially because once he's got more time, he's just going to be uh, sort of getting back to his best and being able to sort of scamper without sort of running away from trouble and just using that mobility um, to manipulate the defense rather than having to escape them. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a good game next week uh, at CenturyLink Field. I'm quite worried for the Chargers, actually. It's going to be a tough one. Because that UFC helps team rolling at the moment. Mm. Yeah, and I think there's a stat out there as well I heard today that Russell Wilson's not lost a home game against an AFC team. Wow, OK. Something, something like that. 
So like, two... Yeah, it's quite, quite big. Um, the Chargers beat them at CenturyLink a few years ago, but maybe that was pre-Russell Wilson. Yeah, I think it was obviously because Russell Wilson and obviously the home field advantage of Legion of Boom and that, they didn't really get they didn't get beaten at home for like a year and a half, two years, wasn't it? Yeah, um, I think so. it was in 2014, but yeah, that would be pre Wilson, wouldn't it? Uh, would it? Let's see. I'll, <laughs> I'll find out. I, I think he's been around longer than that, surely. Uh, Let me just Google it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, whilst you do that, I shall talk about the Baltimore Ravens uh, out of Carolina Panthers. Uh, talking of good quarterbacks, my God, Cam Newton. Uh, one of the best uh, quarterbacks in the league at the moment in the red zone uh, with pass rating with up 120. I think he's actually the best in the league in the red zone. I think he's not throwing an interception there either. Obviously, previous years, Cam Newton has been a guy that's been a bit erratic and, um, yeah, not, not has been counted on. But uh, Christian McCaffrey, first rushing touchdown of the year not really been as explosive this year as maybe many thought coming into it not whether, whether that's because of the workload he's been getting CJ Anderson only had the five carries but he's been non-existent in, the, in that backfield uh, but Carolina only punted three times in this game Baltimore committed a lot of turnovers um, and their, their passing game wasn't wasn't that great but Cam Newton 21-29 uh, for 219 yards and two touchdowns that's a lot of twos and a lot of nines and a lot of ones and then on, <laughs> on the ground, 10 carries, 52 yards, and a rushing touchdown as well, which is obviously pleasing for all the fantasy owners that took him as early as they did in um, in fantasy drafts this year. DJ Moore had a decent game. Obviously, Tory Smith was out, so uh, it, was, it was slated that he would uh, he would get a decent uh, uptick in workload. And then Hayden Hurst scored his first touchdown uh, from a Lamar Jackson pass late on uh, in the game. But yeah, obviously Baltimore was the number one defense coming into this game, but I just don't, they didn't have any any answer to Cam Newton's double double whammy of the attack, you know, you know passing and obviously running as well. But he was, uh, I think his uh, his consistency through the air was kind of the the key to this one. So, yeah, definitely. Obviously, I said it last week when Cam sort of gets time and he can sort of stand tall in the pocket and dictate the game. He he can and he looked really good and. Baltimore didn't get any pressure on him this week, and I just meant, like I say, just dictate the game and, and sort of take it away from Baltimore. But they're, they're sort of flying under the radar of the Panthers. They no one's really talking about them, no. and, uh, and they're, they're ticking on quite nicely. So maybe that that suits them quite a bit. Mm. Yeah, just a couple of highlights in this game as well. Uh, the, one of the Joe Flacco interceptions, my God, it's awful. He's literally he's, he's running towards the, uh, to the towards the sideline and literally just throws it to the Carolina player. There's literally there's no one in the vicinity uh, of where, where he's throwing the ball, so that's always worth uh, worth a watch. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's uh, crazy touchdown catch was quite a weird one. Uh, that that's was, was was a watch as well. But the um, the Cam Newton rush t- touchdown, the the delay, the fake handoff was uh, was a thing of beauty as well. All the Baltimore Ravens defense bit on the run, and then uh, Cam Newton bootlegs to the left, uh, and then see you later, good night. But um, yeah, quite an, quite a good game to watch that one, but uh, not as close as uh, obviously people going into the game. Obviously Baltimore favorites for this game, but uh, Carolina quite comfortably move into five and two. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say flying under the radar. It just reminded me just of that um, Cam Newton rush touchdown. It reminded me of that, uh, I can't remember the game, but there was a really good one of Peyton Manning when he played for the Broncos. Yeah, against Dallas. He, he literally just walked into the end zone with no one around him. Yeah. So there's no, no one backed him. You, you probably, obviously, if it was against Dallas, which I didn't know, you yeah. probably recall it quite well. It was, that, it was that game where, I think it was that game where it was a 99 points, wasn't it? Was it that one? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. There's loads of gifts about it, I and mean, you did it on purpose, didn't you? You wanted to bring it up. Yeah, but that was that was a good bootleg. <laughs> no, I honestly, it's just it just stuck in my mind that you brought it up. <laughs> I didn't realise it was against Dallas. That's just a massive bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Move on. Jets at Bears. <laughs> okay, we're going to circle around for the the Russell Wilson stat. Oh yes. Um, that, the Chargers did win that game, but it was at Qualcomm Stadium, obviously in San Diego. All right. Um, no, it, it probably is true that. It, uh, but yeah. Anyway. Uh, just to sort of finish that one off. But yeah, um, moving on to the Bears versus the Jets. I've said this, you know, I've said this multiple times, so I'm going to continue to say it. There's something brewing in Chicago for me, uh, offensively at least, and obviously defensively now they've got Khalil Mack. On their offense, they've got a great offensive line, quite young, uh, quite a few young pieces. I've got two running back, uh, both who are complementary to each other. Tariq Cohen, I think, fits the style in the Bears offense more than John Howard, but they both scored on the weekend. And then in the passing game, even without on Robinson Sunday, they've got a nice play from Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller, and Trey Burton. 
obviously with Alan Robinson mixing there, that's four good pass catches, then you've still got to bring in some players who you're going to develop yourself. I'm a huge fan of Matt Nagy. I'm a big fan of what he's doing. Uh, I think his opening game script is fantastic. He does fall a bit of a cliff after that. But I think once he gets more experience after this season, I think he's going to do some good things. And I think they're definitely trending in the right direction. Mm. And this, uh, this might be a bit of a hot take, uh, but let me say this. So I think if the Browns had an innovative head coach like Matt Nagy, so if Matt Nagy was head coach instead of Hugh Jackson, I think the Browns would be top of the AFC North. And I think in this season, which has been quite odd in that division, mm. they'd be looking at a playoff now. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, well, I think the huge actions shouldn't have been there for ages. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if they had a decent coach. You know, for all the times they've had, uh, they've tried to pick quarterbacks. But uh, yeah, yeah, certainly. Obviously, I, th- I think it's quite fortunate that the Chicago had this game. Obviously, no Alan Robinson for this game, and no Cleo Mack on defense either. So um, the, the, the schedule kind of fell nicely for them there t- to have the Jets uh, at home. But obviously, they got the job done, and you know, no, no fuss whatsoever. It was quite comfortable. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's quite interesting actually. They lost last week and then they, they ended up bottom of the NFC North and now they won this week and they've ended up there now top. So shows how close yeah. shows how close that division is. Yeah, it definitely is. And then just flicking back over to the Jets, just want to say it was it's kind of like a good bag of bad and the ugly. Uh the Jets. Obviously they had uh, the good sort of side of it was uh, Deontay Burnett sort of coming out of nowhere and he got four catches on four targets with six to one yards, sort of stepping up into the breach where they've sort of lost a couple Divas, um, they obviously probably Anderson, uh, Terrell Pryor's now gone. So it's kind of good to see them sort of step up with another receiver. Uh, the bad was Sam Darnold, another fumble, obviously, just kind of becoming a bit of a problem. And just moving on to the ugly, uh, as I predicted, Isaiah Crowell uh, really struggled about Bilal Powell. Uh, 13 carries, 25 yards, obviously that's less than two yards of rush, quick maths for everyone there. Uh, so yeah, it's not not good uh, for the Jets at all. Uh, they are sort of treading water at the moment, I would say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on to two other teams that are treading water. Um, 49ers at the Cardinals. The uh, one and six bowl, if you like. Both teams one and six heading into this one. But Arizona sweeping the 49ers with a backdoor win, really, I suppose. Um, 49ers were up, I think, 15-3 in the fourth quarter in this one. Uh, Arizona, two late touchdowns. Uh, to seal the victory, eight, eighteen to fifteen. Dave Johnson got a bit more involved, had a hundred scrimmage yards, but no touchdowns. So um, I just want to read out the uh, the drives in the first half of this game: punt, 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 safety, punt, field goal, punt, interception, field goal, punt. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't know it exactly like that, but as I was sort of obviously the Chargers usually play the late game. Uh, obviously on the bye week this week, so I was sort of looking and I was sort of flicking around over games and. This game I did not look for one second of because I every time I looked at the score it was three two. Yeah, I just thought I'm leaving that well alone. That must be horrible. Yeah, absolutely brutal game. Yeah, San Francisco very disappointing. Only had 267 total yards um, in this one, which is which is awful. Um, but yeah, not really too much to report. Obviously, uh, Larry Fitzgerald had a hundred yard game and, and a touchdown as well. Uh, Richard Sherman had a sack in this one as well, which is you know, quite rare for, for him, but uh, that was quite interesting. But yeah, not really too much to report on this one. Two teams not really going anywhere. They'll, they'll come back next season and no doubt uh, do better, especially on the 49ers' side. So we shall move on. Colts at Raiders? Yeah, this is me. So, yeah, this is a really entertaining game, actually. Obviously, looking at the game previous that we just mentioned, the 49ers and the uh, Cardinals, and then this one, you look at these and thinking, you know, this is going to be two really bad games. And it can go one of two ways, obviously, between the latter sides. Obviously, we had the one that we just spoke about that was bad. And this had plenty of points, lots of back and forth, lots of big plays. This is quite good uh, from entertainment value standpoint. Oakland won't care about the loss of their tanking. Um, but nonetheless, it was good to see Derek have a pretty decent game. Um, and maybe he'll be sticking around in silver black now. Obviously, we were talking of the, of the trades and you know getting him out of there as soon as possible and sort of trying to put ourselves in the mind of John Gruden and seeing what he might want to do. Um, obviously, that hasn't happened. The trade deadline has now passed, just let everyone know. And then there's been no more trades from what I've seen since it came on. Uh, but for Indy, obviously, you know, there are a few sort of paces ahead in there, sort of building their sort of rebuild uh, ahead of the Raiders. And they've got some nice blocks in place. Andrew Luck's getting stronger, playing quite well. Quentin Nelson, who we saw drafted early up front. Eric Ebron, who's been a revelation really since he's came, he's, since he arrived in Indianapolis, calling another touchdown again. And then they've got Marlon. Mark and Naheem Hines in the backfield. I'm a big, big fan of those two as a potential running back pairing moving forward. Uh, and then obviously the defensive side of the ball got uh, this sort of good building box as well. So it's all 
looking pretty decent actually for Indy uh, in what is sort of what we thought would be a better division than it is being. Uh, but it's not. It's been a bit of a much muchness. So you know, maybe in the next year or two, they could really stake a claim and sort of come back. Yeah, I mean, there could be a very good price anti-post next season for the FC South. So, yeah, I'm keeping my eyes peeled on that one a little bit. But I don't think it'll be lost on the bookies, unfortunately, uh, anymore. But, yeah, I certainly agree with that. Colts uh, certainly trending up. And I don't think Andrew Luck's been sacked in three games either. So that offensive line, obviously, is doing a, doing, doing a hell of a job for, for Captain, uh, Captain Andrew Luck. <laughs> Um, okay, moving on to Green Bay. We were robbed of a Hollywood moment there. Potentially Aaron Rodgers with a, a chance of a final drive, but the the Rams just about take it. Uh, Green Bay actually took quite good care of, of, of the Rams for the most part in this one. Um, but I think the underlying thing for me is how much Cooper Cup means to this team. Uh, obviously, the, the storyline of the game is a Ty Montgomery hissy fit fumble and uh, and then Todd Gurley obviously not running into the end zone, taking the knee and... Uh, Apparently, air quotes, screwing all the uh, all the handicap betters, all the fancy football players, and and all the rest. But um, yeah, that that happens. I'm afraid. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the safety in the in the two minute drill uh, for the Rams in the first half kept them in this one because uh, Green Bay was the first time that the Rams have gone double digits behind. Uh, obviously, the the talent they have on offense, and you're never really worried. But Certainly, given Aaron Rodgers' nine points and on the handicap prior to the game was was an absolute steal. But I, I actually fancy. I hope we get a rematch of this in, in the postseason because I, I I'd love to watch this game. I think Green Bay will take them. Yeah, could do. Um, like I said on the podcast when we talked about the Fowler trade, their defense has, has not been quite as good. Um, it'll need a high-powered offense and be able to keep pace with them. But obviously, Green Bay can do that. So yeah, I think it'd be a great rematch. Mm. Yeah, obviously Cooper Cup being out. Josh Reynolds had to help himself to two touchdowns, but Cooper Cup uh, should be okay for Week Nine. But the Packers three three and one. Uh, Rams steamroll on to eight and zero. Obviously, LA Rams, you know, best team in the NFC. But I'd, I would love, I'd love to pay, I'd pay money to, to see that again in the in the postseason. I think the Green Bay Green Bay would do it. Um, yeah, but it's just, it's just annoying. From if you're Aaron Rodgers, you must be so annoyed with all the stuff that's been going on. You're playing injured, playing the hell out, playing out of your skin, and just to get all that crap that's that's happened this season. Obviously, Mason Crosby with all the missed kicks, and then Ty Montgomery with that fumble there. Just loads of other things going on, and he's just like, "Come on, what what have I got? I can't do anymore." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it must be quite frustrating, obviously, when you're sort of as talented as he is to see all that going on. Okay, uh, send up football for you, Lee. Um, uh, Saints at Vikings. Yeah, and talking about sort of games that we all mind to see again. So this is something that we saw last year, and this is a great game again. Uh, it's another game I wouldn't mind to see sort of later in the postseason. I wouldn't mind actually if these two just arranged just to play one season just forever more. Really, it's been a great uh, little series uh, so far, and yeah, we could see it again. It's quite likely, possibly, to see um, this in the postseason. Um, this is you know, something we expected. We were all thinking it was going to be a great game, and it, it lived up to the billing. Um, but it was, it was the Saints that came out on top, and that's what what I thought at least uh, would happen. But it kind of for the wrong reason. The Saints won because Adam Thielen fumbled the ball, and Kirk Cousins, well, Stephon Diggs gave up a route, and <laughs> and Kirk Cousins threw a pick six. But outside of those two areas, it was a joy to watch. Obviously, Thielen having another hundred yard game. Uh, now he's got Megatron's there. Uh, streaking his sights, I think he's tied that now, and another would uh, make a new record of nine consecutive games with 100 yards. And then Diggs and Michael Thomas just around as a, the top wide receiver talent on show, all producing great catches and just showing everyone why they're three of the best receivers in the game at the moment. Uh, so yeah, nothing. I could just watch this on Game Pass. I might download it and just keep it in the archives. And just when I'm missing the football season, the off season, I might just stick this on and uh, remind myself of how good football is. Yeah, absolutely. Back to Adam Thielen there. They get Detroit in week nine, so odds are that he'll get another 100-yard game there against Darius Slay um, and that that porous Detroit defence. Um, yeah, no, it was a good game. The Saints, obviously, yeah, coming down on top. I really like their uniforms, actually, the white uh, white uniforms. But, um, yeah, we're not here to talk about colours and uniforms. Uh, we're, here, we're here to talk about the Patriots and the Bills. Uh, I mean, I'm not really going to spend more than 30 seconds on this game, to be quite honest. The Devin McCoy pick there late in the game kind of sealed it there. The pick six, Derek Anderson, obviously QB there still for the Bills. be interesting to see if Terrell, Terrell Pryor manages to, to, to wiggle his way there into the QB room. Um, but yeah, yeah, Patriots were expected to win handily. They did. They got in uh, to you know Buffalo and then just you know just did what they had to do and got back out. James White with another touchdown. He's... Uh, 
He's he's really pivotal for that that New England team now. Um, you know, wide receivers didn't really do much. Uh, Josh Gordon had a couple of catches. I didn't I didn't really watch much of this game because I didn't really want to because it was just pointless. Um, not really too much to take. Patriots are the Patriots. The Bills are the Bills. Um, we're just moving on, I suppose. Yeah, it was kind of over before it started, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and just just a circle back to what you said a moment ago. I'm definitely here for the uniforms. If you've got any good uniform shouts out, definitely tweet me. I'm all about the good uniforms. <laughs> Shout out to the Rams for good uniforms again this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do do love a throwback. I love I love the Dallas throwback with the white helmets with the blue star. Lovely, lovely stuff. Um. Okay, that's pretty much week eight in the books then. So let's do stinkers and stonkers of the week. Do you want to start off with your stonker? Yeah, so I mentioned him um, during my sort of review there. But James Connor uh, is my stonker. Like I said before, it's just sort of uh, making it easy, making it easy decision. I don't think Pittsburgh will miss Le'Veon Bell too much if he carries on the way he's done. Um, he's giving him all the leverage um, with how he's playing at the moment. And like I said, I think they're just waving goodbye and sort of wave goodbye to a a problem and count the saved money that they're going to save on that contract that he's going to get that huge contract that he'll probably get in the in the off season. Yeah, he was mine as well. But the uh, I just in case you went for for James Conner, I've also, I've, just, I've gone Adrian, Adrian Peterson just to kind of pay homage to obviously what he did obviously on Sunday, but what he's done this season at the age he is. Um, you know, he, he, one, two, three, four, five, five times this season he's had over 90, 90 rushing yards, uh, and he's he's been quite effective in the receiving game as well, uh, a couple of games. But uh, to do it at the age he is, um, and to to get the production he is, obviously when you got Chris Thompson and Darius Geis down, obviously he's been brought in. He's, you know, it's not it's not as if he's been on this team for years. It's not as if he's he's back in Minnesota. He's had to learn the playbook. He's had to you know, gain out those tough yards, and he's you know. He could have quite easily during the off season and just retired, hung his boots up, and and just been like, okay, I'm I'm done now. But he yeah, he's kept on going, perseverance, and he's getting all the rewards. Uh, obviously, with the pinnacle this this year that with that performance there, twenty five point point six fantasy points there in, in standard in standard leagues. But yeah, just a great great week from him, great season, uh, especially considering how old he is. Yeah, no, definitely, uh, definitely take my hat off him. All right, who's your stinker? Uh, do you want to go first on this one? Since I stole your uh, James Connor shout as well. Well, that's right. Well, uh, well I go, I, could, I go too, just in case. But yeah, I've gone time Montgomery. Uh, obviously, you know, costing. If if our, all the reports are true about what happened at the sideline, having a bit of a fit, uh, and you know, kind of take being being really selfish, really, and you know, robbing not only us but everyone of a, a chance to maybe see Aaron Rodgers in a two minute drill in LA. Uh, would have been one of the could have been one of the games for the ages, I suppose, if he'd come and done that. But obviously, we were robbed of that due to his uh, selfishness. Obviously, if he, if your reports are untrue, then then fair enough. But uh, as as things stand or as they look, then obviously he's been, he's just been traded for a twenty twenty seventh round pick. So something's obviously not quite right there on the sidelines on Sunday. Um, so yeah, being you know, it's a, it's a team game. So you don't 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 try and be bigger than bigger than you are. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Yeah, those sentiments. Um, my stinker this week, obviously another one we've alluded to, uh, who can help but alluded to during our rundown, uh, James Winston for me. Is it goodbye career? It's a big question. Uh, it's one that needs to be asked, I would say. Long way back after throwing four picks and then spending four years throwing picks as well. And then for Fitzmagic to come back and almost win the game as well. It's not as though Fitzpatrick came in and just sort of played out the rest of the time and the, the book went down to another loss. Fitzpatrick almost won the game. Uh, and then obviously won his job back. So the QB situation is a bit of a mess. Obviously, you can't really move forward with Fitzpatrick as your QB1 next year. Uh, so how does James win his job back? He can't just get it by default because that just shows weakness in the in the coaching staff and how they make decisions. Mm. Uh, it's not a great uh, draft for quarterbacks. So it puts them in a bit of a sticky situation. It's going to be interesting to see how Tampa Bay sort of handle that one. Yeah, yeah, it'd be very, very, very interesting. I, I don't think. Well, I, I don't really, I don't really know. It d- d- depends on the uh, general manager and what he decides. Obviously, like I say, he was the one that picked him. But yeah, it could be all changed there. They could blow the whole thing up. That defense has not been as good as uh, I thought they were going to be uh, going into the season. And uh, the offense, Ryan Fitzpatrick, is he's throwing bombs everywhere. So um, yeah, yeah, be interesting times over there in Tampa Bay. Okay, sinkers and stonkers. Uh, so have you got waiver wires for week nine? Yeah, I've got a few actually. Um, poor showing uh, last week. Um, do you want to start off with quarterbacks? Um, How many have you got actually, just to begin with? Because I've 
Um, I, I, I didn't have any quarterbacks, but I can pick one or two. Um, I, I was looking at my, my home league waiver wire. I've got Blake Bortles, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Derek Carr. Derek Carr could be an interesting one. Um, he, you know, he'd be available in all leagues. So, you know, Dak Prescott could be another one. Titans, though, uh, just depends on what they do coming out of the bye. Uh, but anyone anyone for you, quarterback? Uh, I think we may have mentioned him before, but CJ Bethard, um, he's shown he's going to go out and throw it. He's not scared. Mm. And their opened matchup this week is quite favourable, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, he's the other one on there as well. Um, yeah, not really much else on the quarterback front for me. The running back position uh, is is very bare on mine, but Jamal Williams could be one. I know he got the he only had like a couple of carries, but obviously he got the uh, one yard bundle into the end zone. But a couple of ones for from an injury perspective: Jaquiz Rogers, um, uh, Ronald Jones is, is out for a couple of weeks with a hamstring injury. Just to maybe you know, he's a passing down back, Peyton Barber. Obviously, it's his backfield. But Jacobs Rogers, in my home league, I'm absolutely decimated at running back position. Um, so I'm actually having to pick up some one of maybe one of these this week. But the other one, Devontae Booker, Royce Freeman, I think is going to be out for a tiny bit longer than you know than he thinks. Obviously, high ankle sprain, you're usually out for a couple of weeks. But Devontae Booker had a decent game last night uh, against Kansas. You know, it was a favourable matchup, but he you could do a lot worse maybe in PPR than than him. Who have you, who have you got at running back? I haven't got any running backs. I've got a couple of receivers. Okay, got him. Far away. Um, so, obviously, mentioned both of these guys uh, during the podcast. Cortland Sutton, uh, first of all. Yeah. Uh, that he would have been taken in, in even deep leagues, to be honest, uh, especially for redraft. Um, for your dynasty, obviously, if you might have had him sort of in your bench, sort of taking up a spot uh, yeah. for the future, it's time to sort of promote him. Obviously, he's going to have loads of opportunities with Demarius Thomas gone. And the second one, say, sort of on the same lines, really, but David Moore. Obviously, he's had a few good weeks now and played well. Um, Brandon Marshall's been caught, as I mentioned earlier, so he's going to have more opportunities uh, next to Tyler Lockett moving forward. Mm. Yeah, both of those players are on my waiver wire that I'm looking straight at at the moment. The other one is uh, DJ Moore for me. Uh, obviously, he's, Tory Smith was out, which helped him get a bit more of, the, of workload. But they use him in the run game as well and uh, some, some kind of trick plays a little bit. So um, he, he's certainly starting to be more involved in that offense. So there's a couple of wide receivers there for you. Have you got any tight ends at all? Uh, no tight end. Uh, last one for me is just a stream defense. Okay. Uh, go and pick up the Panthers D because obviously the, the books are in disarray at the moment and they're always going to give up picks, even with Fitzpatrick yeah. in quarterback. Uh, so yeah, go out, pick them up. They are also on my waiver bar, so yeah, might be yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That pretty much wraps that up then. So time to visit our favourite corner of the world. It's Jason Garrett corner. All you do, Jason Garrett, is clap your hands. All you do, Jason Garrett, is clap your hands. Jerry plays you like a puppet. You really are a muppet. It's fourth and one. Don't do it. Just clap your hands. Okay, so not many, not many clangers this week uh, worthy of consideration for the uh, Jason Garrett corner. But Lee, I know you have one. Who, who, did, who, who's your Jason Garrett corner candidate for this week? Well, obviously had to get him in at some point. Obviously, he's probably going to take a sizable break from the NFL now. Uh, might not even see him ever again. But Hugh Jackson, obviously getting in there. Got to get him in. Oh yeah, uh, not the biggest one. Uh, I've got to admit, but obviously uh, trying to get it in there before I can. Uh, but yeah, so at the end of his second quarter, like I said earlier, Mike Tomlin was going for it with uh, literally seconds just ticking away and the Steelers are going for a touchdown. Uh, but he just didn't use any timeouts um, to sort of stop that move or you know, save them any time because the, the Steelers scored and then he went half-time. There's no chance to reply. And he's had his timeouts just sat there. Uh, momentum's a big thing. Like I said earlier when I went through my run-through, the Browns were making it really uncomfortable for the Steelers. So... You know, if they got back another three points, that would have swung the momentum in their favour again in the second quarter. Um, and equally bad, equally as bad as not actually using his timeouts was when he was asked about it at the end of the game. He just sort of didn't answer the question and said, oh, I didn't really recall it. Um, so he either needs to recall things or he needs to watch the tape on stuff that he gets asked about. So he's either being intentionally evasive mm. or doesn't want to publicly sort of admit that he's done anything wrong or part of his players. It just makes him look incompetent. Mm. You know, you've got someone like Sean McVay who can remember every single play since he was in Little League. Yeah. And you've got Hugh Jackson who, you know, either can't recall anything from the game that he's just coached or is presenting, which is kind of odd and just weak, really. Yeah, we call we call that, Lee, the uh, the Arsene Wenger. 
Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Anything. But yeah, I, I suppose I, I almost feel like we should have a moment's silence for Hugh Jackson because I don't think we'll be able to really say his name anymore or bring or bring it up. So, I mean, the, the corner, apart from being for Jason Garrett, was for him as well. So it's a bit. Um, he, he's done us a disservice there by getting fired. Yeah, definitely. Lots of like the the Hugh Jackson Memorial Corner or something yeah. like that. Yeah, Keep yeah. it. Lots yeah. of rotate. Yes, bad times. Oh well. Um, okay, so yeah, just obviously before we go, just a couple of things that Scott McKay will be joining us on the podcast on Thursday, and you can look forward to his first article towards the end of the week. Uh, he's going to be looking at trade targets for uh, and away uh, ahead of uh, obviously some leagues will have a trade deadline obviously this week uh, in fantasy football. So a couple of candidates there, each, each position there you should maybe maybe trying to trade for or away um, as that approaches. So excited to have him on the podcast on Thursday also as well as uh, him obviously writing for us. So keep your eyes out for that. Um, I haven't got his Twitter handle to hand. Yeah, I've got his, uh, I've got his Twitter handle. It's Scott F. McKay. There you go. Everyone go follow him. Uh, if you're not following us, our personal ones is at Tim Monk, uh, Tim underscore Monk 85 and at Wakefield 90 as well. And as you know by now, the podcast one is at full 10 yards. Again, last call, last orders for the NFL free jersey giveaway. Um, quite a few uh, retweets actually whilst we're doing, doing this podcast. So thank you to everyone on there. We'll be doing the, the draw for that on the Thursday podcast as well. So hope you can all join us for that. Uh, but I suppose, Lee, any, anything else from you before we wrap it up? No, no, just wish everyone a good week and we'll see you in a couple of days. Yeah, um, yeah, all well, for me. Uh, we, we'll speak to you again on Thursday. We'll say we'll do that draw for the NFL NFL jersey prize. So hopefully uh, that we'll get a few listens up on there. But I want to thank you all for listening to this episode of the Full 10 Yards podcast. I hope you all had a good week eight. Uh, fantasy football-wise, I have had a shocking fantasy football season this season. Not too happy in that. I've, do you know, Lee, I've, I've got a losing streak of five in Dynasty. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, catching you up. I'm only one one win behind you now. Oh, awful. I'm actually bad. Absolutely uh, awful. Especially in Dynasty. <laughs> I think I have only got a positive record in one of my four leagues. Right. So, yeah, not great for me either. Yeah. No, not a good weekend. Never mind. The only thing I've got to show for this weekend is a bad back driving back from from Wembley Stadium to uh, to Scotland and the M6 uh, being being the M6, which is don't 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 drive on the M6. But um, yeah, okay, cool. That's going to wrap it up for today's show. Then so uh, it's goodbye from Lee. See you, everyone. Have a good week. We'll see you in a couple of days. And it's goodbye from me. And the great words of Kevin Cadle. It's bye bye for now. Bye bye. for listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on facebook or twitter at full 10 yards or email the show full 10 yards at gmail.com